Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well this week. Been doing video shoots with Dr. Rayner for a bunch of resources uh, that we've got coming out later in the year. So uh, getting things geared up for those and his new book that is coming out in March. So wow, that's been a busy exciting. week. Busy, busy week. Yeah. How are things at Southeastern? Oh, they are they are good. Um, lots of stuff going on with school being back in session, chapels back, and and other things. People getting started on their classes, and um, so it's it's a nice time. A lot All of right. energy. Very cool. All right, we do want to uh, thank our sponsors again this week. Located in Louisville, Kentucky, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary is committed to training future pastors, missionaries, and gospel leaders. You can learn more about undergraduate, graduate, and doctoral degree programs by visiting sbts.edu. And uh, if you're headed to T4G in a couple of months, you might want to check them out while you're down there as well. I know a lot of people will be heading to Louisville later in the spring in April. Amy, we're going to jump into our news. We got a, a legal update. I feel like I need like uh, a like Law & Order music right here. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. And uh, we could we it's could not the Law and Order thing. That wasn't Law no, and Order. No, no, no. That's not. No. Yeah. yeah. The the opening theme, not not the like the sign off part that goes to commercial. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm pretty sure that I, I've got the right tune in my head. Okay, we're gonna. You need to go find it. You should play it. You should drop it in right here. All right, right to, here to prove. All right, I'm gonna play it right here. All right, so there's the the theme song little snippet that I was talking about, Amy, I, I, I think this is the time where you say, oh, Jonathan, you were right. Okay, Jonathan, you were right. There we go. And so were you, I'm, because we were talking about two different things. You were talking about the little little gavel thingy yeah. that, uh, that like, between scenes. And I was talking about the actual theme from Law and yeah. Order. And, um, yeah, so we, we kind of were both right, but I was right. <laughs> to the legal update here. Uh, we've got we got three stories to update for you. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention. I, I think we might have even mentioned this on last week's episode. I'm not quite sure. I can't remember. It's I've slipped since then. Uh, but the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, has been added as a defendant in the Paul Pressler sexual assault lawsuit. Yes. So this is something. It's basically the lawsuit um, is sort of the same overall as was originally filed, uh, just with the SBC added as a defendant. So that's the SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention, um, as a whole. So that would make um, that would make the defendants, I believe it was, uh, of course, Judge Pressler, Southwestern Seminary, Paige Patterson, Jared Woodfill, who was Judge Pressler's law partner, and um, First Baptist Houston. Yes. And, and uh, now the Southern Baptist Convention has been added to it. Yes. Yeah, there's been a lot of uh, activity in this case, uh, not in the, the the trial issue of this case, but some legal back and forth and back and forth. All the defendants have responded to the suit, and uh, there's been some uh, a delay of a, um, a motion to change the venue uh, on that. Uh, that was delayed, and uh, as of press time, we don't have any result of that. That was supposed to happen, actually, uh, when we were recording today on the 25th, but nothing has been updated, so... Been just watching the Harris County District Clerk website and uh, reading all the information there. And uh, you can set up an account and actually uh, at, at home if you like and, and look at those. It's free to, to browse. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can find on the Internet these days, Amy. All right. And then uh, another update, this one in the NAM case uh, with Will McCraney 
the judge has allowed that one to continue on. There was a motion to dismiss, uh, and one count was thrown out, and uh, the right. rest they they allowed uh, to go on. I, I'm still waiting to find out like what next steps are on this one. I've been watching right. this one online as well uh, in the Pacer archives. You can you can look at this one on. You know, we just kind of wait and see. So uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't know enough about how these lawsuits work to know what the next step after the motion to dismiss is ruled upon. Right. So in this one, and a lot of times the cases that will involve uh, SBC, the SBC or SBC entities, a lot of times they will be dismissed on some of these same reasons um, in this filing, a ministerial ex- exception or ecclesiastical abstention, just stating that you know, usually the court does not get involved in religious matters. This case was, um, the court ruled that this case was a little different because it was between two organizations and not uh, within um, an organization. That was what their ruling stated, essentially. I mean, you can you, you can go and read all of it and uh, kind of get into all the, the legal lingo, and uh, some of it will go... You know, some of it goes over my head, but then I, I can kind of make it out. But this is one that the judge said, this is the one that the court said, it can go forward. So nothing's been decided or discussed on the merits of the case. It was just making the the ruling that it could go forward. Yeah. Like you said, we'll we'll see what's next. There are always lots of motions. Yeah. And and Nam hasn't even had a chance really to respond to the the actual accusations yet. So that, that may be what's next. I, I don't know. So we will uh, yeah. we will just kind of wait and see on that one. And finally, our third update, legal update. Uh, we had uh, talked a couple of weeks ago about a case involving a pastor in the Memphis area at High Point Community Church, and uh, there was some discrepancy online whether or not that was a Southern Baptist Convention church. And right. we were able to confirm after several uh, discussions with the Southern Baptist Convention Executive Committee that they are not a Southern Baptist Church, and uh, it is a just a non-denominational church not affiliated with the SBC, uh, though they, they may have had some loose affiliation or loose connections in the past with Southern Baptist churches and maybe a local association. They are not a Southern Baptist church, uh, but we, we are continuing to watch that because uh, there are some Southern Baptist connections to that story, and uh, the, the church that the event actually happened at was a Southern Baptist church, but uh, where the pastor yes. is now is not. So... Uh, yeah. we, we did and, um, we did confirm that. Thank you, Sing Oldham. Yes, and just as a reminder, what defines a Southern Baptist church is um, is giving money, um, which can be through the cooperative program or through designated gifts, Lottie Moon, things like that. Um, also, a declaration of intent in some way uh, to be a part of the SBC. And then finally, having a faith and practice which lines up um, with the Baptist faith and message. And, um, so those are the three things. So that's when you can't, you know, it's not just, well, they're on, you know, they, they're, we see them here or there's this connection. There actually are, you know, statements in our, um, constitution. That is how we find that out. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our legal update. I'm going to, I'm going to play your law and order sound here to close it out, Amy. Thank you. All right. And so that brings us into the rest of the news here. And uh, that's a pretty good sound, though. We should use that, like, transition from thing to thing. It's kind of been used, though. So Is it copyrighted? Can you do You could do it on a podcast, probably. Yeah, but but not like we couldn't use it as our thing. 
but we can talk about right. it and, and use right. it. You know, we can sample a little piece of it. So yes. Anyway, all right. So we don't talk a lot about what's going on in local churches here on, on the podcast. We we kind of keep the thirty thousand foot view unless there's a new story involving a local church. And there was one this past week at uh, the brnow.org website, which is the official website of the Biblical Recorder, the the great state paper from your lovely state, North Carolina. Yes. Seth Brown had a great uh, article. He and Chad Austin wrote one on the Summit Church and their church planting uh, efforts. Uh, they've started 248 churches in the past 15 years since J.D. Greer became the pastor there. And it just kind of lines out their their plans and uh, their vision uh, of sending up to a thousand churches and planning up to a thousand churches. Uh, it's just amazing that everything that is done, that, that they're almost a quarter of the way there after just 15 years. So, uh, and, and it's kind of increasing every year. So it, it's amazing to see this good, good little article. Just wanted to bring that to people's attention. Uh, it talks about uh, how they're involved in the Baptist state convention of North Carolina as well. And uh, you know, just, you know, a nice article highlighting what's, you know, some great things going on in the local church. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think Seth Brown does a great job at the Biblical Recorder. I really like his uh, articles, and this was a good profile. It is. All right. A little follow-up to something we talked about last week. I mentioned it, that it was going on while we were recording last week, and uh, there was a couple of things going on on Friday as well and Saturday. Uh, but the Evangelicals for Life conference up in Washington, D.C., there's a recap of that, uh, discussing the March for Life, uh, all the speakers, and uh, also, get this, Amy, they announced that they have raised more than $336,000 at a leader's dinner that uh, during the conference to fund ultrasound machines for pregnancy resource centers across the country. That's just an amazing accomplishment there. That's incredible. Um, I saw that come through on social media and I uh, was very excited about that. And uh, it's a, this is just in a, a whole conversation that we have at this time every year. We had a pro-life uh, chapel service this week at Southeastern Sanctity of Life Sunday uh, is now. And then uh, this event and coinciding with the March for Life, it's just really amazing uh, to to see people and to hear the conversations surrounding it and to see movement towards something like this. $336,000 to fund ultrasound machines. We know those make a difference at these uh, pregnancy resource centers. So really exciting news. Yep. Some other news from ERLC. They named their leadership council for 2018. A lot of friends of the pod there, Amy. Lots of friends of the pod. Yeah. So uh, just yeah, wanted to, to highlight that. So go check that out and see uh, if you know anybody. Uh, you probably do because I, I know quite a few of them on there as well. So uh, congrats. Uh, big friend of the pod, Becca Stone King. So uh, congratulations to Becca, uh, who works with me at Lifeway, uh, for being on that. And also a, a student at Southeastern. So she's kind of yes. she's kind of connected to both of us there, Amy. She is. I actually just talked to her this week, and uh, so I'm uh, very excited for her. All right. Other uh, news related to the religious liberty work of the ERLC. Uh, Governor Sam Brownback from Kansas was confirmed this past week as the international ambassador at large for religious freedom. He was confirmed by the Senate. Vice President Mike Pence cast a tie-breaking vote this week. He was uh, affirmed as a 50 to 49 vote. Two uh, senators were not in attendance to be able to vote. And a couple of more news stories here from Lifeway. Uh, a couple of big marks, you know, uh, 25 yeah. years for the Black Church Family Conference uh, is in its 25th year this year. It's it's going to be at Ridgecrest July, uh, in late July. Uh, great event that we put on every year. We've talked about it before on the podcast. 
nice little profile of that event and all the information about it. H.B. Charles, again, speaking this year, uh, as well as several other names that you'll recognize uh, from the Southern Baptist Convention. Joe Pace, the pastor of uh, worship and arts at Shiloh Metropolitan with Pastor H.B. Charles will be uh, speaking there as well, as long as one of our, it looks like our, our Lifeway trustee, Darren Edwards from Kansas City, Missouri. So Darren Excellent. will be speaking at that. And then also 100 years of Lifeway architecture. So uh, they'll be serving the church for their 100th year uh, this year. And uh, they've done some neat buildings, some of the great pictures of these buildings. I've, I've, I haven't seen these. These are really, really nice. Just put a book together or something. There you should put one. like just a, I mean, just for around there. Or we something, need a coffee or put together table a, book like about coffee tables, Amy. Oh, I see what you did there. I got that reference. Yeah. Um, no, but you could do like a like a, a slideshow or yeah. something. Well, we like have that. that huge screen in the lobby now. That, yeah, that you, you haven't seen because you haven't been there yet. But yeah, it'd be pretty neat. So congratulations, Lifeway Architecture, one hundred years. And then also, uh, final story here is uh, from our sponsors up at Southern. Uh, not a sponsored story, but uh, some news from them. Uh, congratulations to Cody Gibson. He's been named the Southern Communications VP up there and uh, to help with the marketing efforts and reporting from the seminary and the undergraduate school there, Boyce College. Gibson is a 2012 Southern graduate and has served as the director of admission for the past three years. So uh, congratulations to Cody. Looking forward to meeting him uh, down the road. I don't think I've met him yet. So I don't know if I've met him. We've been at a lot of the same things in our team. Well, yeah, I'm sure we've been at the same things too, but we've just never run into one. Right, but I just mean, yeah. So he's, I I know that our admission staff knows him and and, uh, we'll have to uh, catch up with Cody next time we're all in the same city, maybe Dallas this summer. Maybe. And uh, I'm sure he'll be there. Uh, It's possible that he'll be down here next month for the executive committee. So. Who knows? All right. Well, it is uh, time for my favorite part of the week. This week in SBC history, Amy, blow our minds. All right. So I went to 1960 because I thought this was just kind of interesting and I wanted to personalize a little bit. Um, So it's an article that was published in Baptist Press and uh, it was the it was the main article, although I'm going to call attention to another one in, in a minute. But and the headline is church bulletins said history data source. So the the church bulletins are said to be a history data source. And it was an exhortation uh, by Baptist Press um, or by Baptist historians, and they were doing it through Baptist Press, saying, use your church bulletin to report the vital happenings in your congregation, um, because what your church does today may be important, but its significance will be lost unless a record of it is given in the weekly bulletin. So it was actually pushing people from um, history and saying that they are now, they, they were, had become primary source materials for gathering historical information. So a lot of times it has facts. Um, a lot of times it has things about church activities. But what they were saying is historians would want to have complete information about what happened. So I wanted to throw this out there because, number one, I think it's interesting and would love to see some of the church bulletins of 1960 um, because I think that could be very interesting. And also, it's an exhortation to us to remember to hold on to those things as well. It's a little bit easier in a technological age uh, to do that because we have them all saved uh, in on our computers or in Evernote or Dropbox or in the cloud somewhere, wherever. Um, but what it says is that um, 
anything could have happened in your church this week in SBC history. And you know it because you can look back at the old bulletin. Ah. So I thought it was kind of neat. That's They were talking about that, how to preserve the history of your church. So it's not just big picture SBC history. We can think state convention history, and we can think local church history, and it tells us, tells us something. And I just thought it was kind of neat. This issue also had another funny, you know, last week was kind of a funny or an interesting story, kind of a crazy story. This one had something at the end that I thought was really funny. That in um, in a church in Mississippi, there was a, a training union thing. This is that I'm not familiar with. That was uh, training union. It's like discipleship that, that, training. That was, that was no, no, no. It, wasn't, it was it was Lifeway. Training union is uh, okay. Sunday night stuff. It was like Sunday school at Sunday night. Okay, so we like didn't... you did that training union at like four thirty or five, and you had service at like six. Oh, okay. That was like Bible ball practice in my church. Um, uh, not exactly, but okay. Yes. But That'd be Bible drill. Okay. So they were doing something, um, talking about the early church in Jerusalem and they were talking about deacons. And so someone said, why were the deacons chosen? And her answer was to take care of the windows and organs. Instead of the widows and orphans? Yes. And I thought that was pretty priceless. Was that intentional so, or was that... A mistake. She was nine years old. She was nine years old. They said, why were the deacons chosen? She said to take care of the windows and the organs. Oh, okay. It was a joke. I get it now. Well, it was not a joke. No. It was a mis- mis- it, I think misstating. Said, you don't get it. You're. This is flying over your head. Um, so it's supposed to be one of those funny church jokes, but not a joke. Yes. So, like, I hope someone out there is laughing and got this way before you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. It was a slow news week in SBC history, but I liked it that it was, uh, they were talking about using church bulletins. I never thought about that because it's just an announcement in passing, but it tells something oh, yeah. about what totally. churches did. It yeah. does. It does. So that, that's, a, that's a good point. So, all right. Well, that's going to bring us to resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? My resource of the week is a new book coming out by Kristen Padilla, friend of, friend uh, of mine and yours. Yes, and front of the pod, and you actually introduced me to Kristen. I did um, a while back. Kristen's yes. the director of communications down at, at Beeson Divinity School at Samford University. So, and her husband yes. uh, Ozzy is a or Osvaldo is a professor at Beeson, and she has just written a book um, about discerning a call to ministry, and it's specifically for women. It's called Now That I'm Called, and uh, I'm. Very excited. She talks about women who may be wrestling with the call, with a calling to ministry, trying to figure out what that means. And uh, so it's a a book to kind of help think through that. And uh, she is very, very uh, intelligent, wise. I appreciate her thinking so much. I'm really excited to read this. All right. Well, very cool. My resource of the week is a new book from Dr. Albert Muller. He has uh, uh, released a new book this past week on the Lord's Prayer. And you can pick that up. It's it's a book uh, that he walks through the Lord's Prayer, talks about uh, how to pray and and what it means for us today. It's called the Prayer that Turns the World Upside Down. I love the cover. Uh, it's a really neat looking cover. Uh, some nice text art on the cover there. Uh, so check Very it cool. out. We'll link to it over at Lifeway. Uh, you can pick that one up. It's on sale at Lifeway uh, for four or five dollars off the regular price. So uh, check that out online. New book from. 
the president of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, our, our sponsor up there, a, a good little book on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so check that out. And that's going to do it for us this week on the podcast, Amy. We're getting ready to head into February. Amy, always a busy time for the SBC. A lot of news coming our way with trustee meetings and uh, as we get closer to the annual meeting, there'll be news coming out for that. So uh, we're expecting a busy month ahead, and I uh, can't wait to share it all with you. Be tuned in to sbcthisweek.com and our Twitter and Facebook pages for all the breaking news in the SBC, uh, whatever may come our way in the month of February and beyond. Uh, but until then, we'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.